Welcome back, everyone, to the Department 12 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Butina, and joining me today is Dr. Mike Urich, who is the Graduate Director of the Master of Science in Management Operational Excellence and Associate Professor of Management and Operational Excellence at the Alex G. McKenna School of Business, Economics, and Government at St. Vincent College. Wow, that's a mouthful. How are you today, Mike? I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. And if listeners probably will pick up on this, but I know Mike pretty well. We've known each other for, for quite a long time since before either one of us were in this academic racket, for sure. Um, but it's great to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm so, I'm so excited you asked me to be here. Thanks so much. I asked Mike to be on, not to talk necessarily about his day job, which is pretty cool in itself, but because he has recently released a book called A Manager's Guide to Using the Force, Leadership Lessons from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. And it's part of a series called Exploring Effective Leadership Practices Through Popular Culture, which I think is going to do exactly what it says on the tin. This initial one is on Star Wars. The next in the series, as I understand it, is about Lord of the Rings, and there are others planned. We won't get ahead of ourselves too much there. But today I wanted to focus on a manager's guide to using the Force, Leadership Lessons from a Galaxy Far, Far Away which I just finished reading and I enjoyed it very much. One of the things you said caught my attention, and that's about theory. Learners that I work with in business, they tend to hate theory and they really just want, let's get into application, 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 case studies, scenarios, but don't bore me with theory. But one of the points that you make at the beginning of the book is you, th you think students should be starting with theory. Could you just talk a little bit more about why that is? I think it's a good analogy is to think about the force, right? From Star Wars. The force is about seeing patterns and, and letting, you know, understanding what's going on around you, right? We need theory to be able to do that. In the real world, we need that theory. And I can appreciate certainly that there are a lot of people that are theory averse and, and they don't want to focus on theory so much, which is why this series is trying to make theory fun, and entertaining and interesting. I love when people find out that I do research and work on on leadership because sometimes I'll, I'll get a comment with someone asking me, what well, did you read this book? This guy was CEO of such and such an organization. Great leadership stuff. Did you read it? This person was a commander in the Navy. Did you read this? And I'll say, no, I didn't usually. <laughs> and I'll say, it sounds great. But the problem is, is that that leadership worked for that individual. And I'm, I'm definitely never going to find myself leading a battleship. I'm probably never going to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but I'm going to be a leader in my own right in some way. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be a decision maker. I need to understand my context. Okay, So what exactly worked for those individuals or whatever case study you're looking at could work in your context, but we probably need to adapt it in some way. And how do we know how to adapt it? It's by understanding the theory behind it first. Some of my favorite theories I cover in the book. For example, even though it's older, I love French and Raven's classic Bases of Power because every time I, I look and, and try and determine how is this person influential, how is this person a leader, if I follow through that theory, I can clearly see what made that person a leader. I can clearly see how that person rose to a leadership role through their influence. I can understand how a leader is behaving because I can understand the theory behind it. And that is why I think we need the theory. We need to make sense of the case studies. We need to make sense of the examples that we see, but only by understanding the theory, which is supported academically, has been tested, has been suggested as being good ways of viewing the world. We need to understand those ways. We need to understand those paradigms, those viewpoints, so that we can make sense then of the actual real phenomena that we see. 
oh yeah, here's how I see the theory at work. And until we can get the theory, until we can understand that, we really can't articulate and, and understand what makes a good leader or a bad. We have to really start at that basic theoretical level. The, the cliche is there's nothing as practical as a good theory, but man, have I found that to be the case. I was being interviewed last week for a practicum class at Penn State, and one of the students asked me a great question. It was, could you share one theory that, that you use in, in your work? that's had a big influence on the way you work. And I honestly couldn't come up with just one. And I explained to her, it's like asking a fish to describe water. Like there's so many of them that I rely on all the time that I couldn't just pick out one, but man, they really are practical and understanding the theory first really helped. I asked you that question first, because I suspect that some people listening to this podcast, when they heard the title of the book, might've assumed that it's going to be kind of a lightweight work. The reality is, in addition to starting the book by explaining the importance of theory, it's an incredibly well-supported book. The references in here are, are super impressive. So if you're at all worried about, is this a serious book, let me assure you that, yes, it is as serious as a heart attack. The, the idea here is that we're going to learn about theory in addition to learning how to apply it in, in our own lives, and our own work. But we're going to use examples from popular culture, in this case, Star Wars. So... Again, I think we tend to believe that examples should be as realistic as possible. And there's even, you know, a little bit about like sort of transfer fidelity to suggest that the closer the training environment or the learning environment is to the application environment, the more you can expect to transfer. So why use Star Wars instead of business case examples? That's a great question. And I guess I'm going to respond to this in a couple of different ways. One is to your earlier point uh, of it being based in theory and based in a lot of references and not so much of a lightweight book. You know, I, I have found it to still be pretty easy reading. Of course, I wrote it, but it's still uh, pretty easy reading. You know, sometimes, and I'm sure you've done this, Ben, where you write something and then you go back and you read it later and you kind of like, oh man, I didn't mean that or this part, eh, it doesn't quite reflect what I wanted to say. Sure. Yeah, I went back and read this one, and I didn't have that kind of cringe factor to this one. I thought, yeah, this is this is still pretty solid. I'm, I'm still oh, pretty yeah. comfortable with all this stuff. I think it was well-written, too. I don't mean to imply that it's dry, just that it's serious. You're not throwing out propositions like a popular business book about, you know, hey, you know, make your bed and you're going to be a great leader, or Steve Jobs did these three things and that magically transformed Apple. You know, you're actually basing this on the research, but you write it in a way that's that's very accessible, I think, to, to the average manager or leader out there. And that was that was the intent. Where I was going with that was to say that it, it is kind of meant to disarm the person. Where okay, I picked this book up. I'm ready to get on a flight from from point A to point B. I'm on a business trip. I just want to pick up a fun read that's that's kind of serious but also fun. This is perfect for that because it's based in theory. It's based in good academically supported business practices. But it's presented in a way that it's, it's, I think, is fun to do so and fun to consider. But to your other point, what about the real world, though? The, the model of the series is start it with theory, illustrate it through a fun example, and then encourage readers to figure out a way to apply that theory into their real life. The goal is to eventually get to the real world to bridge that. And to me, I've actually found pop culture as a better bridge to do that than some more traditional business cases. The reason being this, you know, in the classroom, especially in my grad classes, I'll have students that, that work in HR. I'll have students that work in IT. I'll have students that work in manufacturing. I'll have students that work in healthcare. I'll have students that are just starting their career. I'll have students that have been in, in, in their role for 20 years or more. I'll have students from around the world logging into classes from various countries. Not one 
real world example is going to relate to all of them. So if I bring a, an example from manufacturing, the person that works in healthcare is saying, well, I wish you had one from healthcare because that this one doesn't apply to me. Or if I bring something in that's more early career, the person that's going to be later career mm-hmm. is going to say, ah, that, that doesn't work for me because here's what I've seen. I've actually found that those real world business examples, they're useful and I, I do use them. So it's not to say when you take one of my classes, it's all fantasy and sci-fi. <laughs> that's certainly not the case. Yeah. That's certainly not the case. But they have their place just as pop culture has its place because while no one person is going to have the same experience in their job in industry, I'm actually going to be able to reach more people because a lot of people have seen Star Wars. A lot of people have read Lord of the Rings. And I think, you know, we're not going to, I think, announce just yet some of the other books that are upcoming. We're going to wait, I think, till the first ones are out. But you'll see the rest of the series, which we have a great roster of authors signed up for the rest of the series, signed on for the rest of the series. You're going to see that some of these are very popular pop culture franchises that a lot of people enjoy and a lot of people are going to relate to. And that's what you're trying to do with an example, right? I mean, whenever you're trying to illustrate theory, you want people to relate to it. And so it makes sense then to use some sort of medium that that people can relate to and that people have fun. If I'm reading a case study and it's not as dry to me, it's not the industry that I care about. It's not in a, I just, the eyes glaze over. It's like, I'm just tired (laughs) of reading about this. But if I'm watching Star Wars and someone pointed out to me, Oh yeah, there's leadership here. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, that theory is now, you know, <laughs> as real as it can be from a sci-fi movie, but I understand it better and now I'm able to apply it better. And it kind of evens the playing field, right? And to your point earlier, if you draw a case study or a scenario from a particular industry, then it kind of favors those in your audience or your class that have experience in that industry and disfavors others. But, you know, if it's Star Wars, it's kind of like none of us have actually been uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but most of us have seen the movie, so we can kind of attack that from a point of equality. Another thing I, I think is interesting about this is that I have found that when I share realistic case studies or realistic scenarios, that students are just as likely to get wrapped around the axle on minor details of the operation that actually have nothing to do with the theory that, or, or the point that we're trying to get across. So sure. I like the fact that this sort of pulls it back from that as well. The challenge is that sometimes students could get hung up in some of the details too about elements of the pop culture franchise, whatever you're using, mm. Star Wars, that, that don't really illustrate leadership or, or that are kind of off topic. But there's <laughs> yeah. always ways to veer that back. But as a positive, you know, I was talking about my graduate classes, my undergraduate classes. I've seen a lot of excitement about this. Right before COVID, for example, I was on a spring break trip with several of our students and we were touring different businesses in Poland last February, early March. I was very early on in writing uh, the book. And so I was still coming up with ideas, still figuring out what I wanted to do with it. And I was talking with some students about it and they were so energized about it. And it was so cool because to see a student while they're traveling abroad, while they're on spring break, to be energized about an academic theory or concept, I mean, that's a win. That's And to be able to talk about that stuff, you know, casually, that's a good thing. And so that's something else that pop culture can really do, I think, for our field. What are your wildest dreams for the book? If we were to have a follow-up episode to talk about the next book a year from now, and this thing just exceeded all your expectations, who would be reading it? What would they be doing with it? In some ways, my expectations are already exceeded because I think that just doing something like this, it seems so off the wall and seems so outside of the norm that just having the opportunity to be able to write this book and, and publish it is so cool. My representative at, at Emerald, Fiona, is a great person to work with. I remember our first meeting, we, we were talking about a different project 
And I said, you know, I like that idea, but here's a thought that I had. And I pitched the idea of the first two books uh, in the series, this one and then and then the Tolkien one, the Lord of the Rings one coming out in May. And I there was a kind of a pause and I was expected to, to get laughed off our call. And she's like, I love it. It's great. I think this is a series. Let's move this forward. We got to talk with some people, but let's start, let's start, you know, thinking about how we're going to make this happen. And okay. And in, in a million years, I didn't think I would have that kind of a response. So I, I'm really happy to, to have worked with such supportive people at Emerald, especially Fiona Allison at Emerald, who's really supported the book. So just having this out there, I'm really thrilled with that. Now, beyond that, obviously you want your book to do well. And I just want people to read it. I want people to read it and think about their own leadership style and think about how what I write about might be helpful to them. In terms of sales or things like that, I don't really have that many expectations. I just want this to be impactful. You know, just like in the classroom, if I could impact one person, that's a good class. If I could impact one or two or a dozen or, or more people with this book, that's a good book. I just want people to be able to, to read this and reflect on it and one, enjoy it, but also two, think about their own leadership style and think about how what we talk about in the book might help their own context. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you'd be happy with just a small Bahamian island. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was smiling the whole time you were talking because just this past week was, for many of us, was PSYOP. And, and one of the panels that I participated on was creative ways to get the word out about IO psychology. How, how do we communicate that to people? Because we seem to be kind of stuck in an information deficit model that just says if we can make the the PowerPoint slides simple enough and explain to people what we know in ways they understand, then they'll believe what we believe. And unfortunately, the evidence about science communication doesn't really support that. And the follow-up question is always, well, what's the alternative? What else can we do? And I think that your book in the series is an answer to that question. This is what else we can do. This is a new approach. This is something to think about, to inspire your own efforts and ways of getting the word out. I'm sure that this isn't the only pop culture series that could be done, and I'm sure that there's a lot of things that we could be thinking about in addition to pop culture as a way to explain or demonstrate what these theories are, how they affect people in leadership and you know other areas in, in IO psychology as well. So that's one of the reasons I was so excited to, to share the book with my audience, and I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me this afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I always love uh, talking about this. I always love talking with you, Ben. It's always a great time to, to chat and, and it's a great thing. But you're right. You know, you, you mentioned about how pop culture is used for other things. Really, what got me thinking about this too, there's actually a series out there of pop culture in more general psychology terms. And so Dr. Travis Langley has, has edited a book series and with general psychology, he he covers things like Star Wars in that mm -hmm. in that series as well. There's also a series on philosophy in pop culture. So I thought, you know, these series are kind of are, are neat installments of each of those. And I thought we could do something like that for leadership, and and that would work. And um, that really got me thinking about some of the the books and some of the concepts that we could cover in this series. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm glad we could pass the inspiration along. Hopefully. I'll share a link to um, the page to buy the book in the show notes, along with uh, links if you want to contact Mike with any questions or suggestions. Maybe you've got your own pop culture and you want to join this series. Uh, maybe The Sopranos wouldn't work, but we'll see. Oh, I don't know. No, <laughs> no actually, no, not to my knowledge. Although we have we have a backlog of of proposals right now, and they're all good. And so we're trying to to work through which ones we're going to do next. It's really uh, it's Very really a cool. fun process. 
Well, I'm really glad to hear it, and, and thanks again, Mike. Thank you.